we rolling? We are now rolling. Yes. Alberta <laughs> Filmmakers Podcast. Me, 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 me. Okay, anytime. Hello. Hey. Welcome to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. I'm Scott Westby. I'm Matt Waterworth. We are Full Swing Productions, and every week we bring you news, tips, and interviews from the film, video, and digital media landscape of Alberta. Yeah, we do. I don't know about the word landscape in there. Well, it's a word. It is. <laughs> Let's move past it. Um, yes. So, uh, long interview today that we're going to get into, so we'll just kind of yes. blast through the news. Uh, what's going on within Plainview? Uh, you know, it's it's the that slow go uh, post-production. You know, everyone involved is... is being so kind and so, yeah. you know, working for for less than they should, as has been the, the uh, theme of the film, unfortunately. Um, and uh, and so, you know, the the trade off is time, right? Yep. So, so we do have some time. So, so yeah, looking forward to showing it to people soon. And and you know, distribution conversations have happened. I think that's they have happened. Say, yeah. yeah. Um, and hopefully, we can uh, execute on those and and get people to see the film in the next Yay. few months here. So I went to uh, Berlin for the European film market, mm-hmm. um, but I don't want to talk about that on this episode. Yeah, this is the first we've recorded since you've been back. Yeah, and, uh, but yeah, there's so much. There's to talk so much about to talk there, about. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say check out the videos on the Instagram page. Uh, yeah. and on the Facebook page and Twitter, um, for kind of a you know An update as I went on the ground. Yeah, 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 which was pretty cool. So. Yeah. Uh, Fantasy Movie League. <laughs> Yay! Okay, so um, if you haven't heard of what's going on, we've mm-hmm. Matt has brought this Fantasy Movie League. Yes. To the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. Thanks to Britt. Britt found it. Thank you, Britt, for finding this because it's friggin' awesome. It's cool, yeah. So um, it's like a fantasy football league, but for movie nerds. And uh, you have your own movie theater, fake, with eight screens, and you fill it up with movies every week. And, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a bet on which movies are going to do the best. And they take real box office numbers uh, and kind of plug it in that way. That's right. So and, we've been. And now we have a rivalry. That's right. <laughs> the YMM podcast. The YMM podcast has, has, started has also their, started one. But the reason they've started theirs is because right now is is a new cycle. That's right. right? So so now is a really good time to get involved That's in right. either one. So they, so, so they break it down into seasons, basically, of yeah. 13 weeks. Yeah. Um, and every week there's a winner. Um, and then they, of course, tabulate the winner of the overarching season. So for our first season, our winner was Briar Greenhall. Briar, Everybody. right here. Right here, sitting over there. Congratulations. Clapping. Uh, did you ever win a, a week though? I think I did. You did she win one won week. Okay, one week maybe. Yeah, but the thing was like, like she was always consistently yeah, in like second, always or third. in the top few. Yeah, yeah. So which is the way to win, obviously, yeah. because like yeah, I I was high, but I was also way down yeah, there yeah, many yeah. times. So. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be consistent. So maybe that's the long game. Is I to, think it is. Is to, to just play, just play, play it, it smart. You don't have yeah. to go always go for the massive movies if they're not going to make. But I mean, cinematically, Jay, who placed third mm-hmm. in this in this season, uh, did do that. He yep. went for the massive. He did. But he had like yeah, he had high highs and <laughs> yes. really low yes. lows. As so. yeah, yeah, as yeah. did I. Yeah. As did you? Yeah. Uh, uh, but I came in second anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the start of a new season. I won last week. I got to get that in Matt there. Did, I did yes. win, uh, oh yeah, win we had, we, yeah, we didn't talk about yeah. week to week. Yeah. It seems like if you had get out on your lineup, uh, the more you had, the better you did yeah. across the board. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, join us for the new season. If you don't get on now, you're 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 a week behind. Yeah, it's tougher yourself. to win the season. And the reason why it's important is because we are going to give away a, 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 a prize for the winner. <gasps> for the winner of the of the whole season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what's the prize, Matt? Uh, let's let's do a fifty dollar gift card from Cineplex Odeon. That sounds That's usable. a real movie. That sounds theater. like something you could actually use. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, cool. I want to win that. What happens if I win, though? What happens if you win? I think you, you get it. We get it. No matter what. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get one, and then we'll post a photo of us on Facebook with holding it. So yeah, you can, all right. You can tell that. Oh, you can email it. Oh, yeah, you can email it in case someone, yeah, uh, like, sure. in, like, right. like well, we'll, someone in Edmonton or Fort Mac wins. We can... 
We'll put it out there. We'll put it out there. Uh, okay, so, so how do they do it? How do they join? Good point. Uh, yes, you want to go to fantasymovieleague.com slash group slash 8337. Or you can just look at our Facebook page. There, there are links there if that's, if that's a weird thing to find. But in order to get into our league, you need a password. And the password is ABFILM, all caps. AB film. Okay. Uh, join. Cause it's going to be super fun. Yeah. Um, we've already got like 17, I think people, and yeah. it's growing it's every week. Yeah. So, and we're going to crush YMM podcast league every, <laughs> every week. <laughs> oh, poor YMM podcast. I might have to join their league to yeah, see that. I think I have to down. join too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Oscars just happened. Yes. This week. Yes. With a, a headline worthy event. Yeah. 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 Steve oh. Harvey announced the wrong, that's right. Yeah. The wrong winner. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it was it was crazy. It, uh, my girlfriend and I were watching it on on you know we had the PVR going. Yeah. So so La La Land gets announced, and she's like, "What? That's not right." And I was like, "Here's why." And I'm like looking up the. I'm on my computer looking up who who is part of the Academy because this happened with Birdman too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. People didn't really feel like Birdman deserved it, but uh, the Academy is filled with people in their 60s right who are old hollywood right they're, they're yeah. so la la land makes sense stories, so i was yeah. like this is why so i'm looking this up and she's like what's going on and she can you can see people like looking at envelopes and we replayed it so many times because you can see the moments yeah. where the individual producers realize it and are like looking at each other like it's all on there it's all on camera and so we so we didn't see it live because we were like what's this what's the and it, it blew it blew my mind yeah. yeah i was it was crazy crazy moment it was crazy but overall yeah, overall, just fine. another. Yeah, I thought fine. Kimmel did well. Yeah, he was um, good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it was the Oscars. Yeah, not what much to talk yeah. about really. I mean. Yeah, any, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, how was Story Summit? <laughs> uh, Story Summit was was super fun yeah. as as usual. It was, uh, you know, the best part I think is just is just is the networking and, and meeting new people and and seeing old people in this community that you yeah. don't always get to see. Um, that is really my favorite part. Um, and, and now, you know, as we enter kind of this new phase of our careers, we're, we're giving back a lot more than we used to. Like people, people were matching me up with, Oh, there's this, someone like Anna Cooley just brought some young newcomer who's like, Oh, I want to do the micro budget. And, and so we had a long conversation about how he can get his application. And so, mm-hmm. um, so that's a cool part of that it. That is too. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um I I only came up for a day. Um so I used I took advantage of the day pass. Mm-hmm. And uh it was a great, very cool day. The uh the highlight for me was probably the Game of Thrones panel. Right. right. Um because they had the cinematographer and uh the A camera operator from my favorite uh, Game of Thrones episodes, multiple, Hard mm-hmm. Home and mm-hmm. Battle of the Bastards and uh the season finale of last year. Um and it was really cool just chatting about yeah. Thrones, as they call it. And they spent $1.5 million on snow for Battle of the Bastards. <sighs> and they re- they have one-third of all of Ari's lights in Europe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was crazy. On hold, ready to go. Unreal. It's Yeah, it's just ma- it's crazy how the, the, yeah. the scope of this show. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that was really cool. It was, uh, it was a good time. And uh, if you weren't able to catch it, definitely recommend uh, you go next year. It's, yeah. it's worth your money. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into some industry news. What's going on in the industry? Yeah, so the Story High Female Directors Edition um, has kind of finally culminated. And, you know, we had, uh, I think, I don't know how many, 30? Was it 30 yeah. films altogether yeah. between BC and Alberta? Yeah. And then uh, now the the final piece of this is the films that were created, uh, one from BC, one from Alberta, um, are chosen for, I guess, in, uh, you get to go to Banff. Um, yeah, mentorship. And and, or, sort of uh, more mentorship. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, congratulations to this is not a passport photo. That was the Alberta project that was selected as kind of the the 
the one that gets to go to Banff, and that's very exciting. It is exciting, um, and I really liked the um, the premise of it. It's a documentary style um, about uh, refugees coming to Canada who who don't have they left everything at, behind so they don't have any family mm. photos and they don't mm-hmm. have any photos of themselves except oh, for cool. the photos in their passports wow so it was following this photographer as she was doing these photo sessions with these families sweet yeah yeah it's cool that's awesome uh game of thrones speak of the devil now why do you think we were able to get <laughs> the the dp and the camera operator for a story so i asked that i asked sean savage directly uh is it just coincidence that Maisie is in town and you guys are, are here and and he was like, actually, I was not involved with that shoot. Oh. Fabian was the the DP, but uh, but Sean was not. So uh, the timing, yeah, I think the producers did capitalize on that, and I, I assume Fabian's travel was was part was of covered, the story. Yeah, yeah. So Game of Thrones uh, came back to Calgary to film some season yeah. seven stuff, um, and people are considering it a bit of a plot spoiler that Arya Stark was up in Banff shooting. It is, um, but we we know they film the wolves here because mm-hmm, that's where the mm-hmm. wolves live. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess it's not necessarily uh, a spoiler, but it seems likely. This is great. It's this is great. It's awesome, yeah. I'm so this excited. This is the third time they've been here. Yeah, but the this, best show in the world is shooting in Calgary. Yeah. Like, like, how awesome is that? It's the first time, though, that they've ever had an actor here, which is cool. Right. Yeah. Other than Quigley. Quigley being the, the wolf. wolf. yeah. Right. That's really, that's, that's happy for yeah. me. Yeah, so hopefully that just keeps getting more and more. Yeah. Uh, and media is closed temporarily uh, as of today um, as they move to their new location mm-hmm. um, at 2005 10th Avenue Southwest in Calgary. Um, and they'll be opening up on March 7th at noon. So uh, don't try to go knocking on their door because they're not there now and they never will be there anymore. Mm-hmm. So congrats on the new location. That's pretty But exciting. I think they've moved near to CSIF and, uh, and the new... Um what else? The truck galleries there. Yeah. We're all moving into Sun Alto, which is cool. Yeah, that's exciting. I uh, just want to quickly mention uh, a Kickstarter campaign that you should check out and donate to. Uh, it's called The Man from the Diner. It's a short film um, with uh, directed and written by Gianna Isabella, uh, produced by Raina McKay, and uh, associate produced by Reed Smith. And they have an Indiegogo campaign. Um, they want to shoot on film. That's the cool part. They're actually oh, shooting cool. on 16. Wow, exciting. So uh, give them a hand if you can. Um, you can search on Indiegogo.com, the man from the diner short film, or check out the show notes. Uh, we've been following the story for a while about the Edmonton Film Commissioner, uh, which is a role that was uh, cut a few years ago yeah. um, and is now coming back, which we're so excited about. So... Um, uh, basically, the uh, city council put in uh, about half a million dollars to uh, kind of as a one-time thing to kickstart the Edmonton Screen Industries office. Um, and right now they are um, putting a board of directors together and then they will be hiring uh, an executive director. So if the wheels are in motion, money is uh, money's coming and it's going to be a thing. So super, super happy to hear that. Congrats yeah. to Edmonton for... Yeah, I hope that, that. bears uh, a lot of fruit for them in the future. Yeah, I mean, if, if you consider what you know, Luke Azevedo has been able to do for yeah. Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know Luke, you should listen to his episode. Um, yeah, for sure. Because he's, he's just such a great uh, ambassador for our industry. Absolutely. So, yeah. so uh, I had a great conversation with Peter Skagen. Um, and uh, I don't need to set much more up about it other than if you don't know him, he's just a, he's a wonderful actor and teacher and... Um, in Calgary and has been in just everything. Um, so I didn't know him all that well, so I got to genuinely kind of cool. dig yeah, yeah. into to learning about who he is, and uh, here's that conversation. Yay. 
Yeah, but now I now we're rolling. Scott, he'll be so upset. <laughs> yeah, he's missing out for sure. He's missing the whole party. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm pumped about this because we really don't know each other very well. So all my questions are going to be genuine. Sometimes we have to pretend like, oh yeah, tell Great. us about this. But Great. I'll try to answer them. <laughs> so how did <laughs> genuinely? <laughs> how did you end up in Calgary? Uh, if it wasn't your home, and and how did you first kind of decide that acting and, and the film and television world was for you? Well, I have to boil down a lot of stuff to answer that question. Okay. I was actually born here. Okay. One of the few. One of the rare ones, yeah. <clears throat> and here's one of those stories when you, you know, way back in the day when you walk uphill both ways to school. Yeah. I was around when they built a mall at the edge of the city, a shopping mall. Uh-huh. And we thought, why are they doing that? Like, nobody's <laughs> going to go out there. Yeah. It's the edge of the city. It's the edge of the, it, was, it was a dirt road at the time. Really? Yeah, and that was Chinook Center. <laughs> wow. So wow. I have been around for a while. Things have changed, yeah. Um, <laughs> how did I get into acting? I was always an actor. I mean, I, I just, I came from a kind of a kind of really dysfunctional family like most actors do. Sure. And uh, I spent a lot of time daydreaming and watching movies and um, yeah, imagining things. <clears throat> just get nice to, and close there, sorry. In order to sort of stay sane and... Very sensitive. How's that? Better? That's great. Yeah, so I was always an actor. I did it since I was a kid. I came from a real dysfunctional family, and and um, uh, I, I acted. And that's just what I did in order to survive. And I, I've heard that story many times. Sure, yeah. <clears throat> but where, where where was the outlet for it at, at that age? At that age, it was uh, junior high school. Okay, what school? I started. I went to the to the Elbow Park School. Okay, and it was like a drama that, that was was recently recently flooded. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, no, there was no drama program. This was way back in the okay. day, and but I had a nice teacher who encouraged me and I wrote a couple of plays in the fourth grade and it's awesome I wrote a magazine called Peter's Digest I, mm. thought, I thought it was very clever um, and then uh, and then I did started doing some of the plays in junior high and high school and took it from there so that was so that, that's that's awesome that there was no structure but you were just like I'm gonna make it anyway it's just what I was I was an athlete and I was some kind of actor that's those cool. are the two cool. things that I knew so then as, as there were like school plays and stuff that, that were kind of structured in that and you got involved in that. Right. So how does that, was there, yeah, how do you get from just kind of school plays to yeah. on screen? And, and Well, for me, it meant running away to California oh, okay. when I was in my very early 20s. Wow, cool. How was that? To, to play tennis is what I went down there for. To play tennis. All right. Yeah, oh, a, so you were an athlete. You I was really an athlete. Okay. Yeah, I was an athlete and an actor. Those okay. are the two things that I knew. Cool, cool. And I could write. Okay. So uh, I fell in love with tennis. I played a lot here as much as I could in Canada. And then I went to the States in my early 20s and I played. I toured a little bit. I was in Europe for a while. But um, not having that support, I had to look for other things to do. Gotcha. I didn't have the Canadian, I didn't have the American support system for my tennis up here. Right. So um, I was walking through school, a university, picking up my girlfriend, and I saw young people editing film in a dark room. Oh. And the light bulb just went off in my head. And I went, the light bulb said, oh my God, you can do that? <laughs> right, right. You can study, you can go to school for that? It just didn't cross, even living in LA, it didn't ring a bell that huh. you could actually go to school for that. Now, again, this is back in the 80s. Right, right. right. So, um, I just turned around, I went to the office, and I said, can I do that? And they said, no, we're, <laughs> we're full for 10 years. Oh, and I said, oh, because I was going to do a second 
BA. And they oh. said, oh, you have a BA already. Oh. Yeah, I did a BA in English. Well, go down and see the, the uh, graduate counselor. Maybe you can do grad school. So uh, this was in August. <laughs> and they fast-tracked me and put me through. I wrote all the tests. And right away? Right away. Oh, and that's within, awesome. Within a week, I was selecting all my classes. So That's amazing. So I, did a, a, I basically did a BA and an MA in film and screenwriting okay. in a couple of years. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So I was At which LA. school? I'm sorry, I missed it. This was Cal State Northridge. Cal State, okay, cool. In Los Angeles. Wow, awesome. Sweet. We had a great program, and we had some really cool people, like Alan Armour was the producer of the original Untouchables series and oh, the wow. Fug- Fugitive series. Back. Okay, yeah, yeah. He was great. Was an instructor there? Was an instructor. Wow, yeah. amazing. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's, you hear about, like, sometimes people are like, should I go to film school or should I not? And especially, like, AFI, the, like, the LA film schools, it's like, you could learn from, like, some real legends. They're, that's what they're doing now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, one afternoon with uh, Steven Spielberg is kind of worth a lot. <laughs> For sure. So, how did you end up back here? Or am I skip, jumping a bunch of story? Or? Um, I did a lot of work in, down in California, a lot of, I got asked to be in a lot of things. And then, so you um, were you were doing the agent thing, trying like like auditions in LA and stuff. I too? did not have an agent. Oh, okay. I, I was like way out of that circle of things. Okay. I okay. was in film school, and people in my circle of filmmakers were asking me to be in. Projects. Oh, awesome! Okay. So I started thinking, well, I guess there's something going on here. Right. And I was also asked to write every project that I got involved with. Oh, nice. So okay, there's something else going on here because I discovered that early on when I got there, as very few people can write. It's true. And um, sadly, not a lot of people can act either. Mm. So it was pointing me in that direction. And then I, um, uh, what did I do? I went to Vancouver to to work in my father's company, which lasted about three months. Ah. It was a big oil company. I just didn't fit in. And so I started looking around for work, started doing... Um, Industrial film and video, which you guys have probably done, corporate stuff. We do, we do a ton of it, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Commercials, I was writing, producing, directing. And then I uh, got married and had a kid and, and taught at Vancouver Film School for a, oh, year, wow. year, a year and a bit. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, wait, when, when was that around? That was in 90, 91. Okay, okay, cool. Because, I mean, that's certainly an attractive prospect for a lot of people who are thinking about getting into film. And, and I always say, you know, say it's great. Nate's got a great program now, but but if you've got the money, tuition is high, but Vancouver Film School is certainly kind yeah. of the, the pinnacle. I mean, I could I could talk a long time about yeah, school and yeah. what, what sort of your path should be. Um, I'm not a big advocate, advocate of schools. Okay. Fair if you need them, you need them. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, what we've always said is you don't need it, but it can be a bonus. It can be a network builder. It can be... But you can do it without it for sure. There you go. Yeah. I'm much more in favor of people taking targeted, short, little workshops. Right. Go to LA, spend money down down there, and take a class from, you know, three major casting. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what you can do with your tuition that you would have spent, you can... You can and then you yeah. can come home with the rest of your money and make a short film. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and now you are, you know, in, in three months, you're farther ahead than those people that right. are graduating their four-year class. You do know? your own little film school. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, that's what cool. I advise people to do. That's cool. So yeah, I want to talk all about Vancouver Film School now, but it, I imagine it's probably changed quite a bit since then. Where there's there's probably not a oh, ton yeah. of there's. Uh, I, I met with a, a Calgary filmmaker who's going there now recently, and he's uh, he's. I'm gonna have to get his input on how it all was. But so you taught. What did you teach there? 
Taught directing. Okay, cool. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> some screenwriting, and I, I was one of the producers of all the student films. Cool, cool. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a long time. That's yeah. 20 years ago. It's been so a while now. <laughs> <laughs> Things have changed there, I'm sure. Sure. So uh, how, what made you leave? Uh, like uh, Vancouver uh, was home for a while at this point? Was home for a while, yeah. and I moved back to L.A. with the family, and then the family disbanded, and then, uh, then I had that started my dark period. Okay. <laughs> That's, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so that lasted for a couple of years, and I moved back to Calgary to be dad, basically. Okay, cool. Right? Gotcha. And then, so that's why I've been here this, this amount of time. Cool. Fantastic. Yeah. But... I have a great daughter out of the deal. For sure, for sure. And you can, I mean, you can watch virtually anything that's been produced in Calgary and see you there in, in at least a few lines, if not more. Mm-hmm. The Winona run was was a big one. That was fun. Uh, but uh, I don't want to, spoilers, because uh, if you haven't seen Winona, you should watch it. And I should watch more of it, because I've only seen up to about where you died. <laughs> mm, oh, spoiler. Yeah, sorry. Yes, big spoiler. <laughs> but do you come back in any way? possible oh it's still possible okay you we will have to watch the show to find out. <laughs> okay all right sweet sweet yeah. i mean it is one of those shows it, you know I, I used to work for the producers tom and jordy i used yeah. to work at 724 and uh i was telling tom recently when when actually i had seen the the pilot in the second episode when they screened it at the globe and i i was talking with him afterwards and i was like this is just like buffy i used to be a huge buffy fan it's like new buffy and mm-hmm. so no wonder it's doing well. Um, but it was a joke amongst the cast on Buffy that when you died, you worked more than when your character was alive. So <laughs> you never know. Well, uh, you just watch, and then you can give me a call. When All right. <laughs> it sounds good. Uh, and you may not know this, but in the fall, I did um, Tombstone. Right. Yes. Yeah. How was that? Fantastic. Cool. And that had uh, Trejo, right? Is that? Danny Trejo, yeah. Jake Busey. Cool. Uh, Alicia Rotaro from Vancouver, Elizabeth Lavender from here. Uh, it was really terrific. Sweet. Yeah. I, I know uh, Jason Long pretty well. He was he had a couple days on it, I think. He said it was a fun time. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I'm trying to think of. It's just like every, you know, I for a while when I was working for 724, I, you know, we were, we were producing a lot of movies of the week then, and it was just like, oh, there he is. There's Peter. You got <laughs> you to have. Please, please give my un unending thanks to Tom and Jordy. <laughs> sure. Well, I think, I mean, I think it's, and I don't mean to blow smoke up your ass, but I think it's kind of clear that you're amongst the very best actors in the city. And, and, and so no wonder, but at the same time, what a whole other side of your life and your work is, mm-hmm. is teaching still currently. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know, again, I apologize for my ignorance, but I know that one of the things that you do is, you uh, work with actors uh, for and, and you create like custom demo reels. Yeah. Like really high quality, like looks like it was from a, a movie or TV show that you just missed, but it's but it's actually just something you produced. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a need for that a couple of years ago. It's a cool concept. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it comes out of L.A. and New York. Okay. It's, um, they're fake demos, but they're, everybody knows they're fake. Okay. And they're very welcome because they show people that are watching, they show that well, number one, you've been on a set. You, you've acted in front of the camera, even if just doing this. It shows what you look like, shows if you have any acting chops, and it really shows them what you might look like on their show. So, and now we live in this day and age when a headshot just is not going to cut it, right? right. People right. want to see something. Yeah. So for people that are starting out or people that want to make a change, find a new agent, change cities, uh, be able to self-submit themselves, et cetera, they have to have a demo reel. So... If you're going to do it, why not do it right? So that's mm-hmm. what I do. I try to I sit down with them. I ask uh, 
a lot of questions. I find out what their trajectory is, what they're good at, what their sell is, you know, what their what their magic, special magic dust is. Unique selling property or whatever. Yeah, it's exactly. And then we design the demo around that in order to sell them properly. <clears throat> and I do three or four different scenes. We start with a scene that is most in their power zone. Mm -hmm. And then we'll include other things that in that same range, including probably a small character of the type that they might book early on in their career. Right. Smart. So that they now are armed and dangerous like everybody else is, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's true. Yeah, I've, I've seen a few of them. And uh, and it is, I mean, what I like about it is, you know, you're not, again, when I was working at 724, we, actors would always be requesting clips, mm -hmm. or not clips, but uh, DVDs of their work so they could put it on their on their reels. And I mean, the problem with that is you're at the mercy of the editor of, of whatever film or TV show. So you don't necessarily get to linger on the you as the performer uh, when maybe you should, and so you get you get that kind of control, which is great. Exactly. You wind up with a demo rule that has everybody else in it. Right. Exactly. And we see the back of your head, and we see you walking through a doorway and stuff, and uh, it's just not... Yeah. Even though you've done the work, it is, it's it's not necessarily that useful to promote For you. Sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah, it's a cool idea. So is the, I, I know that that is part of a much bigger kind of offering that you do as a teacher and an acting instructor, but is that mm -hmm. is that all you teach? Do you teach directing? Do you? I mean, you, you obviously did back... I did, and I could, and I thought about starting a little Calgary International Film School. Quite, yeah, yeah, quite yeah. Honestly, totally. I think there's a lot of people that we could hire, maybe to come in and do some stuff. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Um, but I haven't got that far, so I'm uh, basically have just restricted myself to acting. But right here in front of us, we have your yeah. book. Yeah. And it's not a, and it's not like an ebook. This is a, a real awesome book with the. It's called uh, Screen Acting Trade Secrets. Mm -hmm. So how did that come about? I uh, used to just write a lot of things up for my classes, mm -hmm. little handouts. Gotcha. So one day I just started writing even more and collecting them and sorting them out and realized, oh, I think I'm writing a book. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, so I just kept on going, basically. I, and I guess that's how any like like a, a physics teacher would be writing papers and, and eventually you come up with a collection of stuff that's like, well, this is a textbook. I think there's a book here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not only that, but this book doesn't exist. The way I'm writing it the way, and, the, and the, the what I teach people is not available. And it was not available when I was in L.A. in the 80s looking for the book, the acting right, book right. that would tell me, you know, basically, what is my career? Mm -hmm. How does this work? And, and, and what am I doing and what am I selling and what, what's the truth? And not only that, but what's all the inside stuff? Right. Because we all know you can go to school for something, and you, but you don't really learn it until you start doing the job. Mm, so true. <clears throat> so I looked for that book and I couldn't find it. And when I started teaching 10, 12, 15 years ago, whatever it was, I looked for the book again and couldn't find it. And then I realized one day, well, I guess I'm writing it. So I just continued and I wrote it. And I thought, it's a book that we need. So I spent the time to do it. And, um, it's been really, really rewarding. I'm glad I. I'm glad I did it. Nice, fantastic. So, is it is it like available on? Like, how can how can people find it? It's on Amazon all over the okay. world. Cool. Great. It's on Amazon EU, Amazon Canada, US, etc. Um, I mean, just the fact that you have a published book is a crazy accomplishment. It's how, cool. How did that come about? You just found the right publisher, and they're no. This is I did this myself. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, which is the way you do things nowadays. Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> well, there is a publishing. Is is that started a publishing company oh nice okay, might cool. do another one i mean that's and that's so true and that's it's interesting the i mean that's how 
uh, it's been going in music forever now, right? Like that's how music works. Exactly. Kind of just got to do it yourself. And it's also how film works. It's, it's also totally, how acting yeah. works. You yeah. Po- the best advice. On, yeah. On YouTube. The best advice I ever got was, you know, you, you have to do it yourself. Nobody's going to do it for you. Yeah. You've got to make your own opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you can't wait for these gatekeepers to approve of you. Right. Especially, uh, I realized that when I did this book, because this is not the typical kind of acting book. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a heretical book. Right. It's a bit of the magician pulling back the curtains okay. book. Okay. And um, it was always going to be a kind of a, a long, slow climb for this book, I realized from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not Michael Caine. Right, of course. I don't have a studio in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, the book was I knew was going to take a long, slow climb to, to find its audience. Right. And uh, publishers, especially in the, in the states of this kind of material, usually give you about six weeks for your book to hit. Mm. And then they move on to the next batch. Right. So um, I didn't want to lose control of the book. Mm. And I wanted to be around when it started being successful, hopefully in some years from now, like when it really gets found and after I do my stellar, hopefully, marketing job. Right. <clears throat> it, it'll, it'll be found. So... Um, so that's why I did it that way. Cool. When did, when did you finish it? When did it, when did it become available? I finished it. The first edition, which has a slightly, which has this title on it. Oh, okay. Uh, that's in, what I recognize. Okay. Yeah. Cause I thought I'd heard of, I thought you'd written something yeah. previously. So this is second edition. This is the second edition okay. of the same book. Gotcha. Uh, the first edition had a very long and slightly cumbersome title that right. I liked a lot. <laughs> right. Uh, but it just wasn't searchable. It was difficult mm. for people to remember, gotcha. and I learned a lesson about it. So I changed the title and the cover design. Nice. And released this book in October last year. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Much like a textbook. Much like a textbook. They do change. Hopefully it will be a textbook. That's really my yeah. goal is to right. get it. And it already is in a number of universities. Awesome. awesome. Carnegie Mellon in the U.S. It's wow. It's Syracuse. It's, awesome. it's being used at State University of New York. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's Lethbridge and... Um, Red Deer College, ah, nice, nice. etc. So that was always my goal. Was right. that I thought, well, this is this book is going to be um, a view of the business from thirty thousand feet, basically. Okay, I'm going to cover everything that you are going to encounter in your career. Right. I'm going to tell you what it is and why it is. Give you examples, tales from the trenches. I'm going to give you exercises. I'm going to give you quotes. I'm going to give you, you know, uh, experience from other teachers and casting directors in LA and uh-huh. set people that I know. And then you are going to, based on that, you are going to take your talent and get into the business and design your own plan. Right. Because now you know how it all works. Right. Because it's not just, it's, and it's so true that it's not just about talent. You can be talented, but you have to be an entrepreneur as well. Like you've got to be able to sell yourself. You've got to be a businessman. Yeah. You've got to be a, a salesman. You've got to be on all the time. Yeah, yeah. You have to be a, a tremendous technician, I think, to be a film actor. Mm-hmm. You have to be gifted with some talent. You have to be really, really savvy. And you got to be smart. Right. In my opinion, you've the smartest people, and this is often said in Hollywood, the smartest people in Hollywood are the actors, right. the successful ones. Right. Because you've got to be smart to do this job. Totally. Yeah. It moves really fast. Production on set, you as you know, moves really fast and yeah. is very complicated. You need to know everything that's going on, mm-hmm. and you need to be there in advance of when they need you, knowing what they're going to do. This is this is my goal: is to get actors to be able to sit on the set and go, "Oh, they're setting up the walk and talk. 
therefore I need to do this and this mm-hmm. and following. I need to brush up on those lines. Got to go talk to my other actor over there. I got to get my shoe fixed. And then I have to get out there and be ready when they're doing the walk and talk and deliver it to them. Being proactive, which is, which is interesting because I think, I mean, unfortunately, there are those actors who just think that once they get cast, in, and unfortunately, there aren't a ton of Alberta productions where you're going to have a trailer or you're going to have an assistant. Um, you're you're going to be hustling even when you get cast. Like, you need to be on it at all times um, until you get to, like, an A-level status. I mean, but, and even then, I suppose. You know, even then, you're still hustling in different yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. And even then, you, what you're doing is you're managing the problem of how do I stay here. Right, right, for sure. <laughs> Which can be even more challenging. Which is an enormous problem. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you you uh, you need to start right now, if you're asking me, you need to start right now being really proactive and being a creative problem solver. Mm-hmm. Knowing what the problems are and, knowing, and even better, knowing what you don't know. Right. Oh, there's a whole world over here that I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. But at least I know that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> The known unknown. The known unknown. So now I can go over there and I can figure that stuff out because I know I'm going to need it. Right. And what the book does is it gives you the, the, uh, uh, hopefully an all-encompassing view of the whole biz. Right. So that, like I said, you can design your own plan because everybody's plan is different. Okay. I can't just tell you how that you do this, 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 and going to work for you. But I can tell you this is how it all plays out, how it all works. This is how other people have done it. Mm -hmm. These are some of the keys. These are some of the, here's the 16 strategies that other people have used. You could try one of these. You sure. could blend a couple of these. Right. You could throw this out. <clears throat> I could. Uh, this is what Hollywood generally is looking for in producers and directors. I don't just mean Hollywood, but the film business. This is this is what they're looking for. Uh-huh. Um, the, this is how story and screenwriting works. This is how you know what you're really selling and what your real job is. Right. This is how you package and promote yourself. Um, <laughs> It's a huge job. It's as a an huge actor. job. It's and it's so frustrating when you hear an a- an actor who's like, "There's just there's no work. I've got nothing to do." And it's like, "Oh, you have a ton of work to do. If you, if there's no if you're not shooting, you have you you could be building your website. You could be, be a million things. There is always something you can do. Yeah, I need to get a T-shirt actually that says that. Right. Because <laughs> there literally is always something you can yeah. do. Yeah. Do you know all the casting directors in this city? For sure. Yeah. Do you know how they run their auditions? Do mm-hmm. you know what they prefer? What they don't prefer? Do you understand where all the shows are produced, which network produced which kind of shows, what their shows look like, who they tend to cast, where they shoot? You, you, there's, there's just an endless number of things that you can yeah. do. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and, and anything, like we can always cut anything out, but I want to I go, since we've got some time, I, I hope, I want to go to a place that is interesting to me, but is always kind of an awkward moment when you when you're in it and that's especially like i don't do a ton of casting but in auditions you know you'll see somebody who and i you you mentioned it briefly there are there are not all that many people who can't act right Mm -hmm. it's it's a fairly small pool what what advice do you have for somebody who is 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 maybe saying i don't know if i'm any good um how do I know if I'm good? And if I'm not, can I get good? Or is it just time to move on? Mm-hmm. Which is a scary question <laughs> for if I were an actor. Well, you know what? It is, it's probably the scariest question. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. if you get the wrong answer, the answer you don't want, you're going to be upset. Soul crushing. Yeah. You might have a crushed soul. You might have to go to work at Denny's or right. something like that. <laughs> right. That's what we fear. Yeah. And so people don't, a lot of times don't want to ask right. that question. But right. smart actors will. Right. And there are several things that you can do. One of the best things, and people, for some reason, 
well, maybe it seems obvious to people, but they don't realize this. You can go right to the source. If you really want to, if you're serious, mm -hmm. you can phone up or email many of the major casting directors in LA and ask them to do a consultation. With oh, you. really? Yeah. That's, this seems like such a no brainer, but that, that I wouldn't have ever thought to do that. That's and they will. Right. Huh. And they will, if you're in LA, they'll even come down to the coffee shop and right. they'll sit down with you for an hour. Wow. And they'll look at your stuff and hopefully you have a demo reel or something from class that you can show them. Mm -hmm. And then they will give you their honest assessment and it may cost you a couple of hundred bucks, but sure. Uh, that will be some of the best money you ever spend. Indeed, indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's that's number one, right? Uh, number two, you can ask yourself certain questions. Mm -hmm. um, most actors that I know um, are kind of you could say they're born to it, but they have a moment of inspiration. It's the same thing in the music industry and in many other of the arts. Right. <clears throat> you were inspired by a musician when you were 13. Right. And and most most musicians can point to the very moment that it happened and th that little seed is what created their whole career. Wow, yeah. And it's the same for actors. Hmm. So you can ask yourself that. Um and the third thing you can do is ask your nerves actually. What I find is that the most the best actors are typically the most nervous. Mm. Which is opposite to what people think. Right, yeah. <clears throat> and I've seen this on how many movies that I've been in. Um, and I hear it everywhere. Even the singers, for example, because I also sing a bit, so I oh. follow the singing world. Tony Bennett said the same thing. He's now almost 90. And he said he's never in his life known a good singer who wasn't a nervous wreck before they went right, on. Right, right. Huh. So it means that you care. And it means there's something right. inside you that is screaming to get out. For sure. So if you have that feeling, that's another indicator that this, this job's probably for you. Hmm, okay. But the next thing I counsel people to do is to just is to is to don't rest on that. So you're talented, yes, good. Um, but then you need you need my book or other books sure. or a lot of education and a lot of experience because ninety percent of this job is not the talent part. Right. Hmm. So what so what if you're what if you're somebody who's not sure? What what advice would you give to somebody who says, oh, I think I want to be an actor? It's kind of like blasé, like, yeah, I think that might be interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I want to find out if they really mean it. Right, <laughs> for sure. Because uh, like I said, it's a tough job. But it's one of these jobs, it's one of these crazy jobs that goes against your brain a mm -hmm. lot of times. Mm -hmm. There are people who have done that, have said, oh, I think I want to be an actor. Right. And two weeks later, they're on a show. Right, yeah. And they're just having a great time and they're learning as they go right. and they've got a new limo. <laughs> and you think, oh my God, how did that? Yeah, yeah. But that does happen. Sure, yeah. And, and you know, uh, so again, it's one of these jo these jobs, these businesses where you just cannot predict. Right. Um, that may happen for you or it may not. Right. But my general advice is I, I want you to love it. I mm -hmm. want you to be it. I want you to have been inspired by it and be committed to it. So that I know when I'm working with you, you're trying and you care and you're giving the best you've got. Right. And um, so that would be my first question. Do you really, right. do you really care about this? In spite of the fact that that guy over there doesn't really care and he's <laughs> making a half million dollars a week. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, That's a lottery ticket. I always say that. That's, I mean, the chances, and it's the same as a director and, and, and on the filmmaker side. It's, it's, uh, 
you know, there are a couple of names I could list that are like, man, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like they worked very hard at, at this and there they are. And yeah. I think there are those people who make it look easy and, and definitely it was not easy for them. But there are those, those couple of, you know, lottery ticket winners who are, who it just, everything clicked for them. Everything clicked. But, you, but there's a lot more people who work their asses off, I, I think. Yes. And that is one of the best ways to get in. Right. So in the book, I actually give you the top 18 ways okay. to break in. Cool. The way other people have done it. Sure. Um, and I give you a chapter on how to be, well, not how to be, but what are the characteristics of inevitable actors? Hmm. So it may be that this this mythical person we're talking about yeah. scored very high on one of these categories. Right. Uh, example, they have a movie face. The camera loves mm-hmm. their face. Of course. Yeah. <clears throat> this is not, this is kind of rare to have that kind of camera sure. face. Yeah. And if you have one, filmmakers recognize it, and they they will try to open the door for you, hmm. because your face works just by being there on screen. Right. See, so maybe you got lucky and you have one of those. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right. There's there's uh there are those people who, I think, an audience like from from like a producer director perspective, you know, you're always trying to cast people who are fantastic and talented and great for the role, but also might help you sell some copies of the film. So if you have someone who who just looks like a movie star, it, and the audience might go, I think I might, do they, this is a real movie. It, it, something's like, okay, this is... It's a real movie. Yeah. That's, that's the <laughs> yeah. guy in the thing. And I've, they may be nothing. They may, they may have done nothing exactly. before, but if they have that look, yeah. It adds to your movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so filmmakers are looking for that. Mm-hmm. So maybe he got lucky and that, that mythical guy we're talking about didn't even know that, but showed up and the doors opened yeah, and yeah. he didn't even know why. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he still doesn't know why. Right. Um, but if you score high on one of these categories, yeah. um, it's much more likely that you're going to have success in the biz. And the number one thing is your face. Okay. Same as I say in the book, it's similar again for a singer. A lot of singers open their mouths and it's just nothing. Right. And then one does, and everybody sits up. It's weird. Yeah. And it's weird, and it d- doesn't necessarily have to do with the quality of the voice. Some bad singers are very famous singers. Right, right. Uh, and in the movie business, it's your face. Right. And so here's another thing that I would recommend for that um, actor who's questioning. Get your face on camera and have a look. Right. And don't just look yourself, but have your fellow actors or friends or people have a look at it uh-huh. and give you some feedback. Because you need to know, do I have one of those faces? Um, secondly, where where am I marketable? Uh-huh. Big, big question that actors need to answer for themselves is, am I marketable and in what way am I marketable? What's, again, back to my superpower? Right. Because filmmakers are not going to just hire an actor, they're going to hire a very specific person for a very specific role. Right. For sure. On a very specific show, probably on a very specific network. And you need to know as an actor where you fit so that you can direct your marketing. Right. Yeah. yeah you hear like actors being concerned about being typecast, but I think if you're, if you're not an A-lister or not working all the time, you might want to play into that more than avoid it. Right. Yeah. I mean, That's the only way that it works right, really. Right. You get pigeonholed and you get you get you get so-called typecast. I put you know quotation marks around that mm-hmm. by the business really fast, but it's 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 for a good reason, right? Because right. they want to know exactly where your value is, mm-hmm. and you also want to know where your value is. 
so both of you are really on the same page. You want to get into those roles where you are um, using your own personal superpower, because mm-hmm. how much fun is that? Right. And your success is going to be much more guaranteed that way. And you're going to have the chance to have a long career doing that. And the filmmakers get the same sort of benefits. You're in the right place at the right time. You're making money. You're known. Your fans are following you. Uh, they can raise money based on all that stuff. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so you want absolutely to find out what your superpower is, work your way into the business, and then expand. Right. But don't try to expand before you get there. Right. Totally. And if you look at the most of the actors that you love, they're all famous for doing the same thing. Most of them. All the time. It's true. Yeah. It's because they have found this superpower and they are milking it as they're supposed to. It's not a, it's not a criticism of them. Mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. Is, this is what successful actors do. Right. So where is your superpower? And that can be hard to figure out when you're starting out. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> but that would be the next question. Right. John Travolta danced in almost every movie he did. Right. <laughs> John Travolta. <laughs> Who would have thought cool. that that would. <laughs> He's cool. Yeah. That's the yeah. John Travolta brand. Right. right? For sure. And if you do this enough, you can boil down your cell into three or four words. Right. Which you should try to do. So, for example, Johnny Depp is this quirky outsider right. leading man. Right. He's always in the outside. He's quirky. He's got scissor hands or he's a yeah. weird pirate dude. And he's a leading, He's good looking and he's charming so he can get the girl. He's a leading man. Right. So if you have a movie that calls for that, you call Johnny Depp. Right. But you don't call Clint Eastwood to do that film. No. Good point. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. So you want to find out, you know, what your three or four words are. And that'll help help you understand which direction you want to go. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if, if you want to talk more about acting, if there's anything we should, we should touch on. But, uh, you know, a lot of our audience, I think, is um, writers, directors as well. So I wonder if you want to journey into that venture into that are you writing anything currently or you yeah i've got a script that we're financing right now oh cool it's um kind of an adventure thriller and set in china because of course everybody's going to china right china china (laughs) so it's it's a smaller version of uh avatar really set on earth okay slightly in that in that sort of category Mm -hmm. um so yeah i've been writing since uh Way back in the 80s when I went to film school. Right. It's very hard. Yeah. I'm not suggesting anyone try it mm. unless they're moved <laughs> to try it. But I'm suggesting that everybody learn it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially actors. One of the big mistakes that actors make is they just don't prepare because they don't understand script and story. Right. Therefore, they can't prepare and therefore they can't perform. Hmm. It all goes back to story. We're all storytellers. Yeah. It's all about the script. It's in the script. Your number one job is to execute the script, not to invent the script, right. but execute what's in there, number one. And most actors can't do that because they don't understand it. Hmm. So I spend quite a bit of time in my book on story and screenwriting Okay. to give them uh, at least the bare bones understanding of what it is. Right. But let's go back to the mythical person who wants to get into the business. That would be one of the first things I would suggest is go take some screenwriting classes. Just understand story. Yeah. Understand story. That's why we're here. Right. That's why everybody is here. Totally. That's why the investor opened his checkbook. Because yeah. that is a cool story that For needs sure. to be told. So I'm be, and, and it sells. Like a great story will sell. And a bad story with good actors in it dies. Right. Yeah. So your, your initial job is to understand story and screenwriting. Nice. Right. That's, yeah. 
deeply. And most actors, they don't want to do the work. They're mm-hmm. lazy. They don't want to learn it. They think it's about, oh, I'm just pretty. I'll sit here and be pretty. Right, right. And that's not what it's about. If you want to be successful, if you talk to any of the success, successful actors, they start with that story and then the craft. Yeah. Right? I th- I, it doesn't like Alec. Uh, oh, I'm forgetting. How am I forgetting his name? Alec, the, the, the Silence of the Lambs guy. Uh, Tony Hopkins? Anthony Hopkins, yes, Alec. Uh, I, I, I've heard that he reads the script like a hundred times before he'll, he'll work it. Like he knows everybody's lines. He knows this the script back to front. He could recite the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mark of a professional. You you have to know the script deeply. In other words, you have to know the script better than the writer does. Right, yeah. If you want to be a successful actor, that's yeah. why they hire you. Right. Because you take what he's done or she's done and you put you know, bring the life into it. Mm. So you need to understand it better than that writer did. And most actors don't want to go there. Right. And then they need to execute the script properly based on the kind of material that it is. There's mm-hmm. a different acting style for different kinds of films. Of course. Yeah. You need to know what that is. Yeah. And I mean, directing this movie, uh, that was the big, that was one of my big concerns was, was we, we had, yeah, we had a certain tone and sometimes you see movies where an actor is in a different movie, right? They're 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 playing a different tone than everybody else, and it and it's, it can be a, a big mistake, right? And that's something that is not taught in classes right. typically, right? That's why it's also addressed in this book. There's most of what's addressed in the book you won't learn in a class, right? Cool. Things like that. Well, what is the tone of this film? There's a different acting style for a romantic comedy than there is for a horror film. Of course, duh. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I need to know that and prep that, right? And then. Um, you need to work, depending on the kind of project that it is, you need to work really carefully and collaboratively with the writers, especially if it's, for example, television, because sometimes they're creating story arcs over many, many episodes, and something that's in your scene is going to play three episodes right. later. Right. You better know what that is and right. why it's there, <laughs> and you better hit it right. and do it properly. And if you're doing, for example, comedy, the punctuation and the way the lines are written is critical because the writers hear the joke in their head and then they write it down the way they hear it. And mm. if you perform it that way, it will be funny. Right. And if you don't, it will not. But actors seem to have it in their mind that their job is to take the script and just throw it away mm. and do what they feel. And th- that's the recipe for failure, right. especially in comedy, especially in television. You know, if you want to be a good actor, why not do it right? And the number one thing is know the script first before you start throwing things away. Right. For sure. Yeah. So uh, what, uh, what can, what can, where can people find more about you? Where, where, where can people? Well, they can go on my website, peterskagan.com, or they can go on Amazon and buy the book. All they right. can get the Kindle version on Amazon. And it will soon be on um, iBooks, et cetera. Oh, cool. And it's at certain bookstores. Um, if you happen to be in New York City, you can go down to Drama Books and pick it up. Nice. And I think it's now at Alan Edmonds in uh, Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, sweet. Cool. Um, pick up the book, check it out, and then send me some questions. I'm always anxious to yeah. hear from people that are reading the book or having success because of the book or right. have questions about the book. <clears throat> what about these demo reels? How can how can people do that? Same thing. Get in touch with me on peterskagan.com. Cool. Come and see me. We'll figure out your trajectory. We'll figure out what your demo reel needs to look like. I'll write it up. I will cast it. I'll produce it for you. Sweet. You just have to show up and do as many takes as you want. Nice. Nice. 
All right. Well, anything else we should chat about before we go? Mm, if you have a good recipe for uh, tandoori. Mm. <laughs> I'm a butter chicken fan. I wanted to ask you some directing questions. Oh, okay. You're going to turn it around. Do you have two minutes for that? Of course. Of course. What did you learn about actors my, directing this film? My favorite topic, film? me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what did I learn about actors? Uh, I, I learned that, uh, I mean, especially being a uh, first-time director, I, I, I needed them to be my allies, right? Like, I didn't, even if it was, even if it w- was a scenario where uh, an actor perhaps would would be challenging a lot, that's a, that's a good thing. That's not a, you know, that's not anger or, or, or but it, there's an alliance there, right? I'm being challenged because... It's gonna make a better film, mm-hmm. so so I need I needed to know that there was that I could create safe space for that. I had no idea how to do it. I think I think to some degree we accomplished it. Uh, Aaron Douglas is gonna challenge you no matter what, so that that wasn't a, that wasn't a problem. But uh, but yeah, I wanted to make sure that I I had you know I had a a, a team that I that I could, felt like I could go to an actor and be like. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, but here's what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? Um, and if I, you know, if, if, if I go to an actor and they, and they are shocked by that or, or feel like, Oh, well, nobody's running this ship, then, then that's a problem. But if they say, okay, let's find the, the answer together. Uh, that's what I needed. And, and I got it all the time. I, I don't, and I, but I don't know what I did or how, how that happened, or maybe they were just great people and, and, uh, understood. I think that that's how it is. But, um, yeah, I was nervous, man. I was mm-hmm. constantly on set. Like, you know, when you're blocking a scene, there's 15 people in a, in a real movie, you know, 80 people watching everything that's going on, just silently watching and judging. So so you have to you have to feel like you can take a risk in front of all those people and maybe it's wrong. And it, that was, ugh, I'm just rambling now, but, but like getting to the point where, here's my background. My background on my phone right now is uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Trust your instincts, mm. and that's like a that's like a platitude that people say. And okay, this movie taught me what that really means, mm. and that and it's and it's about when you when you do trust your instincts and things go well. That that's such a confidence builder, and confidence is the key you need, I think, to directing actors, to directing a film in general. So. So once I saw that, oh, okay, I'm making changes that, or uh, choices that seem to be working, that was like, okay, a relief and a confidence builder. Yeah. So long answer. <laughs> uh, but a, no, but a good answer. And, and that confidence is really, really important. And that's what one of the key things that an actor is trying to bring into the audition room. Right. Which I have to drill into actors' heads all the mm-hmm. time. That you are essentially in the audition, you're transferring confidence from yourself to those people over there. Right, right. Not the other way around, which is the way they like it to be. Right. You have to bring that confidence in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and give it to them. Have enough of it that you can fill them up with confidence. Right. And then your chances of being cast go way up. But if you're looking for the reverse, so true. Yeah. Forget it. And it's so funny to sit there to sit there on a day and and have you know ten minute in- increments and see person after person and and the way different people enter that room and. Some sometimes you can. I mean, it's a delicate thing. It's tough to do because you get some people who come in and totally run the room in a way that is fantastic, makes everybody feel comfortable, comfortable audition, confident audition. It's oh, we have laughs. We jo- oh yeah, this is oh you're free. Okay, well if if it happens, uh, yeah, I can make myself free. Sure. 
Um, and then you get people who are like way trying to control the room and, and, and just not executing that properly. And then of course you get a, a bunch of, you know, talented people who are terrified mm-hmm. <laughs> as well, which is, which is not necessarily the worst thing, but, but it's, I, they, you're totally right. If you can go into a room with an actor as an actor and feel confident, I'm immediately thinking, oh, this person's done this a million times. They're going to be a breeze to work with on set. They get this character. I'm going to be able to have a conversation with them. And that that's 90% of it. You know, in, the, in that room, if you can, if, if I know you're not going to be a challenge to work with, mm-hmm. I, I wrong word. If you're not going to be a pain or you're not going to need to be handheld or, or babied or that's, and you're maybe a little not quite as good as someone who is going to be a pain and and constantly uh, a, a challenge then uh, I'm probably going to go with the person who's a little easier to work with yeah there you go yeah you know it's it's um it's that not only that but that actor then is becomes defensible for you mm. because you can go to your producers right you can go to your funders you yeah. can go to the network you can go to the studio and say look at this audition mm-hmm. this guy was fantastic uh, you know, <clears throat> I, I love this guy. I'm going to be able to work with this guy. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, I will pick this guy over the one that's difficult. Right. Do you ever hire the guys that are nervous? Uh, it's un- like, you know, like we say, it, 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 it's so rare that I haven't, I haven't really done any auditions except for in plain view mm-hmm. in a few years. Um, but in theater I had. And I and I would say that it 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 was probably about fifty fifty, right? Like mm. some people found their their groove, and other people dis like one disappeared on me, right? Like just <laughs> I didn't hear from. Them. I had to recast. I didn't know what happened to them. Wow. Yeah. So so it's hard to say. Um, but I, but I that doesn't mean they weren't good if they had committed, right? I I, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, nerves are. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to read, I guess, ultimately. It's hard to really know what's under there. And I will often, if it results in a bad audition, my my option at the time was to call those people back, mm. which can be misleading because it's like, I want to give you another chance at this because I think you've got something going on here. Um, and I want to have a good audition, not a bad audition, um, and, and see what you're really worth. And so I, I don't mean to mislead actors with that because sometimes that just says, okay, yeah, you're not the person and that's okay. You're not bad, but it's clear that you're not it and other times it's it's like oh yeah there it is there's that talent we were looking for that so. was good of you to do Mo- yeah most actors do that they wander around telling everybody how many callbacks they're getting right right which isn't necessarily necessarily yeah, good right what right. it means is they're not sure about you right doesn't mean they really like you yeah means they might see something but they're not sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's actually harder for you to book in a callback in my experience than in a first audition because hmm. now you're up against four or five other guys that are really good right right and now you're up against that conversation that happens in the room right when the actor leaves the room mm-hmm. totally. and you're sitting there with your two producers and now you have the conversation and you're immediately comparing them okay this was cool about this what about this yeah exactly yeah. and all kinds of other things come into play mm-hmm. i don't know if we have wardrobe for that guy right Totally. He may be too tall. That's and that's what makes I feel I I feel so bad sometimes when it's when like who knows some, I just know that some actors will hang a lot of um, uh, not their hat but hang like just put a lot of pressure on themselves about an audition mm-hmm. that that could have been the outcome could have been you were fantastic. It, this is either just not the role for you you're you're gonna have success or yeah maybe we just couldn't accommodate that you know your your size your wardrobe whatever it is so um 
yeah, it's it's just too bad uh, that actors put so much pressure on themselves sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and unfortunately, you don't get to know those reasons. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it can be really difficult on the mind of the actor. And the, totally. And in the back of my head, do you know how many people I want to email and, and just be like, I just want you to know that your audition was great. But then it's like, but you have blue that's eyes. like 500 emails. Like this. Yeah. 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 And it's, and literally there were, there were actors who I, I saw who were like, you're not in this movie, but I want to write something for you. Like you are so good. You know? Yeah. That's another really key thing that you have to educate actors about. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, finding your cell or your power zone because you just said it. I want to write a movie for you, right. but you're not in this one. Right. Because your power zone doesn't work in this film. Right. Right. Your look doesn't work, your size, whatever, it doesn't work. But you're so great. I want this, I want to, I myself want to bring you into your power zone where you for belong. Sure. For sure. <clears throat> and then we can have this wonderful, beautiful friendship together. Mm-hmm. Um, so as an actor, you need to continually bring in your best into the room every time and then just let it go to the wind. Totally. Yeah. And occasionally you get a phone call and you'll book something. Uh, but the rest of your job is continuing to keep your quality up and keep your confidence up. Because mm-hmm. when you there's like a little 4% rule, you know, that I talk about, which is every time you have an audition that you don't book, if you're not really on top of it, you tend to lose your confidence. Right. Like 4%. Oh, but guess what? After 10 auditions, you're down 40 or 50%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're going to feel that in the room. Mm-hmm. You're not transferring confidence anymore. Right. You're out of your power zone, mm-hmm. and your career is taking a fast, you know, turn towards your dad's hardware store. Yeah, people talk about uh, that in sales a lot, right? Like when you have the like, if you if you're just coming off a hundred thousand dollar sale, and you don't need the next sale, guess what? You get that fucking sale. You guess get, what? You're because you're you're relaxed, you're chill, you're confident. Um, so yeah, you gotta find you gotta be able to find that all the time. That's yeah. what I call a set smell. Mm. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. The it factor, your it version is... Is the set smell. You, <laughs> right. you walk in and you smell like a movie set. Right, right, right. Then they they sit up. Right, yeah. And they think, well, this guy just did a movie. Yeah, yeah. Other people believed in this person. What, yeah, yeah. Then why? Then I should too. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but he's got experience. Totally. And he's in the flow and he knows people and I don't know what's going to happen. He might become a star. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, we got to get him in our film. For sure. And, and I can tell you as well for a fact that we have, you know, now we have this collection of auditions tapes that I can go back to and we've also got uh, I shouldn't say numbers I suppose but a couple of other movies in development that we're trying to find money for mm-hmm. and a, a web series here and a, and a TV series there and and you, I, I promise you I'm thinking about oh yeah that person was really good on that audition for something completely different that might work here so I mean I, a missed audition doesn't ever mean a, a, a complete failure by any means. It could no. You're actually else. setting up your career by missing auditions. Totally. If you yeah. do it properly. Yeah. And I will tell you a story. If we have, do we have two more minutes? Yeah, of course. I'll tell as you a much story. as you want. Yeah, yeah. We, um, um, I happen to know Jane Jenkins, who's a, a legendary casting director. Yeah, I know in the LA. name. Yeah. She actually gave me a wonderful quote from my book. Oh, nice. She did, among many other things, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, wow. A Beautiful Mind and Da Vinci Code okay. and Jurassic Park. She did a little thing called The Princess Bride. Ah, amazing. And so I, of course, when I first met her, I just badgered her for half an hour for stories. And uh, she told me the Meg Ryan story. Okay. Which is really, really informative and instructive for young actors. Okay. They were looking for Buttercup, the leading lady of the movie, and they saw everybody all over the world, and they couldn't find her. And one day, Meg Ryan came into the room, um, and she was, I think, 17 or 18, and just absolutely adorable, 
did the reading and it was great. And apparently Jane grabbed the VHS tape, which was back in those days, yeah, <laughs> and ran over to the director, Rob Reiner's place, and right. said, I think we found her. And he looked and he said, no, this is the most adorable girl in the world. But in our script, we need the most beautiful girl in the world. Mm, mm. And it's not Meg. And they were sad and they went on and they found Robin Wright and another story and et cetera. And all that happened. And here's the upshot of the story. Six years later, five years later, they were making another movie called When Harry Met Sally. Uh-huh. <laughs> and go. from that audition, six years previously, mm-hmm. they remembered her and they said, who was that girl? Meg Ryan. Phone her. Right. Called her up. She became the biggest star in the world for a while. Unbelievable. Right. Yeah. From an audition she'd done six years previously. Wow. Wow. So that's... a. That's an like an object lesson for all actors. Bring in your best power zone stuff mm-hmm. for every audition that you do. So that when Matt Waterworth is casting the next film, he remembers, oh yes, who was that adorable girl? Totally. Because uh, then he's going to call you and your career is going to start and it will start on the right track. You'll right. be doing the right thing. Right, in your power zone. I like that term, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that just sparked another question that I had for you, which is, we have we have a challenge in Calgary and in Alberta that there's just not that much work. Yeah. So you don't get that many auditions. Maybe you don't. Get, maybe you don't get ten auditions a year. Yeah. As a, as an actor, so I think uh, you mentioned Hollywood. I think in the in the previous title, mm-hmm. is do you have a strategy? Is there something in the book that's like as a Canadian actor? Here's like how do you even do that? How do you go to the states as an as a, as an actor in Canada? It's 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 complicated. They basically want at least two things, which is some sort of working papers or documentation, right? And they want your SAG-AFTRA, okay, union affiliation, right? Because it's difficult for them, and it's actually costly for them to hire you if you're not in a member of SAG-AFTRA, right? Right. And if you're not legitimate to work, then, of course, they they don't want to hire you at all because they've probably got a you in L.A. somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a lot of trouble for them to get you in. So that process works basically only for kids and people that are really rare in right. their look or their style or something they can do. Right. Then they will bring you in and they do what they call as a t- they Taft-Hartley you, which is the law under which they can bring in people from foreign countries who have special skills. Okay, right. So that's how they would bring you in, mm-hmm. but you have to then have that. <laughs> right. And if you're just an actor who just wants to go to L.A., you do not have that. Right. Sorry. But I mean, I guess there is there not an argument to be made in any creative industry that this person does this in a unique way that nobody else can do. And that, that argument holds up really strongly in film because how can you argue with right, that? Right, So if you have a friend who's a producer in L.A. and writes a letter for you, then you, you have a good chance of getting your, okay. your O-1 visa right, right, based right. on that. Gotcha. And maybe that project just doesn't come through for some reason, mm. but that's typical in the film business, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So that can be done, and that's part of how um, immigration lawyers will get you your O-1 visa. Okay. By getting letters like that. But yeah. but even if you don't have that that stuff, yeah, are you are are you? Uh, I mean, I know we were getting tapes from, we were trying to limit it to, to Canada, but you know, there's uh, Actors Access or, or yeah. that that site seems to if you're if you're on the acting side of it, you can submit to who knows how many projects at least via tape. Yes, but you can't get paid for those projects. Oh, uh, okay. Hmm. Especially now, right. With what's going on in the yeah. U.S., I was just thinking, yeah. And they are now they're now hassling and questioning U.S. citizens crossing yeah. the border. Yeah. So if you were to cross the border, and I've had several of my mostly actresses try to do this, um, 
you know, they'll they'll pack up their car and they're going to drive to L.A. and move down there. And, right, right. well, uh, that doesn't go very well at the border. Right. <laughs> and if they find out you're an actor and you're going down to work, you're going down illegally and they'll prevent you. Right. But if you make a deal and you say you get a leading role in some fabulous master's thesis movie at NYU, mm-hmm. you want to go do that. But what you need to do is get uh, some authentication that says you are not being paid. Ah, okay. Interesting. So That's an interesting strategy. Letters from the producers, for example, saying, uh-huh. well, you know, Kelsey is not being paid for her role. Right. Yeah, but she's coming down for three weeks and we're going to do this and that and she'll be flying back home. Right. So then when you as Kelsey get stopped at the border, you just present them with that and hopefully that does the trick. Now, the problem is that each one of those Customs and Border Patrol guys has uh, quite a lot of power. Right, and, right, right. And they can basically do what they want a lot of cases. And a lot of them are not, uh, you know, graduates of Harvard. Right. <laughs> so you can still have trouble. Right, yeah. But that's the single best way to do it is to make sure that they know and everybody knows. And you're flying down and you're doing a job for no money. Right. So it's great for you if you're trying to build your resume. It's not good if you're trying to make money. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. Um, the other thing people can do is they can bypass Hollywood by going to one of the film centers in Canada or elsewhere, or they can find out where things are shooting mm-hmm. and go there. Right. Now, that's a risk, but it can pay off in uh, in a big way. If you happen to go down to New Zealand when they were shooting Lord of the Rings and you happen to be a terrific swordsman or something, right, right. your odds being on that movie could go up. For sure. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. So, like I say before, it's a... There's no one answer for everybody. Right. So you have to come up with your own plan mm-hmm. that's that's geared for you based on you, knowing like what's the contents of my soul, right. how good of an actor am I, how marketable am I, how much money do I have, will mom and dad be behind me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you have to put together your own plan. Sure. But um, that again is why, the, why, why I wrote the book. And there's a big section in the, uh, in the book on the audition and a very big section at the back on how to work on set. Okay, cool. Which I've never seen in another book. So, um, buy the book. <laughs> I, I'm not telling you to, but I know what I would do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, but people can also reach. You're talking about getting a consultation from a casting director, but yeah. but like, yeah, I, I know of some really talented people who could probably benefit from just sitting down with you and and like drawing up their personal plan. I do the, I do the same thing. Right. Call me up and I'll do the same yeah, thing for cool, you. Cool. They might benefit from sitting down with you. Sure. Yeah. 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 For an hour right. to talk to a director. Mm-hmm. But I, but what I like about what you're saying is like everyone has their own unique situation and their own unique skill set as an actor, and so that is going to dictate your personal plan and your one of your 18 ways of getting breaking in kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I sit down with an actor, I sort them out really quickly in my mind, mm-hmm. silently, right? Based on my experience, sure. I I know most likely where they're going to work, what their what their marketability is, um, and. I, I suss out pretty quickly what their talent level is. I ask them certain questions. I get them to do certain things. Right. I find out what they're selling, what their inside sell is, as opposed to their outside sell. Right. So there's two parts of your sell when you walk in a room. Um, and you would have seen this many times. Sure. An actor will walk into the room, and all of a sudden, you create a whole story in your head mm-hmm. based on just the first two seconds of seeing that totally, person. Totally, totally. So as an actor, you want to know what is the story that I'm broadcasting uh-huh. by just standing there. Uh-huh. Before I do any acting or smiling or joking, Yeah, what is it? Because that thing there is largely what you guys are casting. For sure. It's true. Yeah. Is that. What is the overall sell of this person? Because I, I and I would, I would totally translate that to the, the trailer. 
Mm -hmm. right? If you're going to appear in my trailer, what is an audience going to put together about you in those two seconds, right? Exactly. Yeah. And as an actor, once you know what that is, you package that and you sell that. And you dress in according in accordance with it, and and you and you carry yourself. Yeah, yeah. Everything you idea. do continues that story, right? Even when you're, especially when you're not working, when you're meeting people, when you're out at industry functions, etc., right. you're always selling that same story, so that they remember it, and so that when that part does come up that's right for you, they're phoning you, mm. and now your career is taken off. But not only taken off, but it's taken off in the right direction at the right time, right? Right. And now you have a chance to continue to do this stuff that you love, that's really you, that's easy for you, that's 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 great for the film, but it's also great for your career and you get to do it for a long time, make a lot of money. Right. And most actors I know would be really happy with that. Right? Totally. That's that's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good way to end it. Right. What about uh, social media? Any any social media links we should Yeah, you can find me on Facebook and you okay. can find the book. If you put in screen acting trade secrets, you'll find the page with all kinds of reviews and pictures and things. Great. <clears throat> and um, I am also on Twitter and Instagram. Ah, perfect. If you go on my Instagram, you'll see a lot of photos of um, Dead Again and Tombstone with ah, yes. Danny Trejo. Yes. When does that come out? Do you know? September. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. That's fast. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Good to have you. All right. Well, thanks, Peter. That was yeah, awesome. Thanks, Mr. Skagan, that was great. I listened to that. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he, he was, he was cool. It was, it was. I mean, not that, not that it, it shouldn't be all about the guest, but it was kind of cool that he turned it around on me a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I thought we had some cool, uh, cool conversations, especially for actors. So yeah, I hope people get some stuff out of that. And and yet another way that you can kind of earn a living. Yeah. As an actor, not always necessarily acting totally. full time. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and speaking of which, he's actually got a workshop happening this Saturday. Uh, it's a one-day auditioning class, and it's one hundred and eighty-nine dollars. You can PM him on Facebook to uh, to find out more or to sign up. And uh, you can find him on Facebook just by searching Peter Skagen S K A G E N. And let's jump into the news. All right. So uh, the CBC short film face-off is back for another season of great films and interviews with creative filmmakers. Uh, if you're friends with Brett Furster on Facebook, he's yeah. been pushing this a lot because he participated in it last year. That's right. Um, with a fantastic film of his. So right now they're looking for innovative films that are compelling to watch for a broad audience. Up to 12 minutes in lengths. Lengths. Uh, <laughs> comedies and dramas are the preferred genre. Both live action and animation are eligible. Music videos and docs uh, are not considered for this program. Experimental films will be considered on an individual basis. Um, they can, they may, they, yes, they can have, blah, I'm going to start that again. All right. We will accept films that have been screened at film festivals, public venues, and previously broadcast on TV, which Sweet. is cool. Um, they have to be done after July 1st, 2015. Uh, they they can't have uh, massive swears because it's CBC or or porn or whatever in it. <laughs> uh, English, and the director must be able to travel and appear on the program during the week of June twelfth to sixteenth. So uh, deadline is March seventeenth at five p.m. So get your film in. You can check it out at cbc.ca, uh, and you're gonna have to go through a long tree of links to find it. But you yes. can also see it in the show notes. Another place for your short film is the NSI Online Short Film Festival, which is. 
wonderful festival that's been going on for quite a few years now um, and gives up to $4,750 in cash awards uh, to those films that are successful. And um, I guess I guess you can be part of the festival and then there are awards on top of that. So the cool thing about this one, if you don't know about it, is that it's a, it's a nice home for a film that you've maybe completed a while ago and maybe it's had a run, maybe it's had a little bit of distribution. Um, and and even if it was made as long or completed as long ago as January 1st, 2012, it still qualifies. So they're not looking for like fresh, fresh short films. Um, it can be a nice little place where people can still find your film and maybe even earn you a little bit of cash. Uh, there is a, an award that is open right now for submissions, the 11th annual Linda Lee Tracy Award. Um, it's for emerging Canadian filmmakers working in the spirit of Linda Lee Tracy, whose films reflected a passionate point of view, a strong sense of social justice, and a joie de vivre. Uh, now accepting submissions until March 17th, 2017. Um, it will be presented at Hot Docs International Documentary Film Festival in Toronto each spring. Uh, and the winner will be awarded $5,000 in cash from the Linda Lee Tracy Fund, uh, as well as $5,000 in post-production services from Technicolor and a beautiful hand-blown hand glass sculpture, um, which is really cool, actually. Uh, so um, to submit, there's a few things you have to do, uh, an explanation of why you made the film, your CV, uh, your background, um, and they define emerging filmmakers as uh, an individual who has less than five years of training or experience in media arts. So we're not emerging anymore, Matt. No, I guess not. We're too old. But that doesn't mean that we can't apply to the Calgary Film Center's Project Lab. Ooh. Uh, and this is another one for me that, you know, it's the, the guidelines are wide enough that our community should really be submitting to this. I, I completely agree. It's uh, now don't be confused. CFC, Canada Film Center. There's also the Can uh, sorry, the Calgary Film Center. Then there's also the <laughs> I am getting confused while I explain it. The Canada Film Center in Toronto. So the CFC is the studio. Canada, the Calgary Film Center is the studio. So the people behind the studio have put together this this wonderful program called Project Lab. Um, and I would highly recommend that you check out calgaryfilmcenter.com and, and learn more about it. Um, but all, basically what's happening is they're going to be funding or helping to fund two Alberta storytellers. So Edmontonians, this is open to you too, uh, in a concept to market experience to produce two finished Alberta made films or other screen industry projects. Um, and it seems like they're pretty wide open to whatever web series, short film. That's just it. I yeah. mean, it, it's, it's a bit of, it's the challenge of this program. Is, is not having clear guidelines, right. it's but it's also, yeah. it's also the opportunity. And I mm -hmm. think that's how they're presenting it as, as an opportunity to just yeah. like come to us with an idea, right? Absolutely, it's not like yeah. you don't have to make a short film. It could be something else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so tell us some deets. Uh, I mean, unfortunately that is, like you say, there's, right, yeah. there's just not that many. We don't know how much money is available. Um, but you know, use your common sense. Uh, you you probably they probably don't want to be the only funding source. Right. You probably want to try to find another yeah. funding source. Yeah, they're not going to fund um, a million dollar movie. Probably not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you want to you want to. Uh, unfortunately, with this again, first round. So we'll see yeah. what actually comes of it and if it continues. But um, yeah, I would say you know use your judgment and try to think of something that's you know you you want to be offering services in kind as as a source of income. And, and there's of course the Alberta Media Fund. So. Um, yeah, I highly recommend, and I, and I again, I want to see uh, us really submit to this yeah. a lot, so that they say, okay, there's a need for this. Um, so, so what they know what they're doing, they're not just financing, though, right? They're yeah, they're that's sponsoring right. Sponsoring and correct, you're resource, right. two projects per year. Yeah, 
so there's a suggestion in the wording here that perhaps um, it's it's not just financing, but also in kind on their end services uh, use of the use of the use, studio. Use of the studio, maybe, oh, okay. maybe White's is involved. I don't know, right? Um, but it's possible that there might be some gear access that way as well, cool. so considering they're in the same building. So, so if you've got a, a project idea that's something you've kind of wanting to try, check out www.calgaryfilmcenter.com/project-lab. Totally, cool. And the deadline for that, I believe, is March 15th. March, uh, I've got March oh, 17th, March 17th here. Here. yeah. The uh, Edmonton Jewish Film Festival is opening up uh, the competition for the Earl Parker Award for Jewish Film. It's an award of $1,000 presented at the opening reception of the, uh, the Jewish Film Festival on May 17th. Um, so eligible projects must be related to Jewish identity, themes, or culture. It may be fictional or non-fictional. Um, you have to be Canadian uh, of any age. Deadlines is April 7th. Uh, and please contact... Orna Richter at O-R-N-A-R at E-D-J-F-E-D dot org. Wow, that's going to be in the show notes for sure. <laughs> um, uh, to complete the application to submit your film. Awesome. So there is a uh, partnership happening between Yeg Film, uh, Y-E-G Film, and Fava uh, called the Distribution Awards. And uh, thanks to a new partnership, uh, they're pleased to announce the 2017 Distribution Awards. It's time for you to get re- uh, your recently completed film out into the world. Then this is the awards for you. So it's up to $500 cash plus $500 production credit will be given to completed projects for distribution or audience development. Um, cool. So yeah, so that's that's very cool. I mean, yeah. much like we talk about development being where you know you, you require money to do development, right? Like, yeah, to yeah. Attach cast to travel. Yeah, it, take, it costs money for so sure. So distribution is the same way, right? Like you had to get to to Berlin. You yeah, know, exactly. And and so this is a this is an opportunity for people to maybe um, supplement or or uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, 500 is not that much money uh, to maybe fly somewhere, fly to right. a market or something like but that. But it helps offset the Yeah, costs. subsidize yeah, is the yeah, word subsidize, I'm right. um, And uh, so they're looking for submissions um, and you need to have those in by March 30th at midnight. You know who's awesome? I do know who's awesome, actually. <laughs> Actra Alberta <laughs> yes. is friggin' awesome. Yes. Um, this this union, um, and I'm speaking as a producer, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to, mm-hmm. uh, from just um, gushing about a union. <laughs> they're they're just so supportive of the industry and they're so willing to help indie filmmakers and emerging producers um and just so willing to play ball and, and make projects work mm-hmm. um and that's what they're trying to push is like hey actra is film friendly right um so they're hosting an event called actra wants to buy you a beer on march 29th um at fava's exhibition suite in edmonton uh, and, and they're describing it like this. Ever wondered how you can utilize professional performers in your low-budget project? Come mix and mingle with Actra, performers and filmmakers who have gone Actra. It's easier than you think, and there's beer. Mm-hmm. So I cannot recommend going to this strongly enough because if you're making a low-budget film, chances are you've considered um, not using Actra because like, well, yeah. we're not going to be able to afford it. But mm-hmm. it's actually not true. Right. We had this. We, we made this movie on the tiniest budget possible. And, and uh, we paid actors. We paid actors and we used actor performers um, and they were just a treat to work with through the entire process. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really enjoyed that. Um, definitely something to consider. So it's happening on, uh, again, on March 29th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at FAVA. And uh, on to screenings. Uh, just want to remind you about the $100 Film Festival if you haven't heard about it already. Um, this is uh, the 25th anniversary of the $100 Film Festival and uh, it's happening at the Engineered Air Theater. Um, and it's a... Uh, it was a 
it, it takes place March 23rd and 24th uh, in Calgary, and um, it is fostering connections and conversations between representatives of the Canadian analog film community. So, yeah, the I, I, I believe, I should know this, but I believe only film screen will be screened on film, which is... Yeah. Pretty rare. I, b- I believe you can shoot on digital and then finish Convert on film. Convert to film, yeah. But the screenings themselves are all happening on film, which is, uh, I think there's a couple of film festivals in the world that do this. Yeah, so. it's becoming increasingly niche, yeah. um, which is cool. It's, yeah. kind of, it's it's bringing a bit of a resurgence to it and, and, mm-hmm. and allowing it to have a life beyond Calgary. And totally. beyond, you know, it's very more cool. of an international film community thing. Yeah. Um, the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers is hosting a cinematography workshop this Saturday, March 4th, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., taught by uh, the incomparable Philip Letourneau, mm-hmm. who is the film uh, cinematography instructor at St. Polytechnic. Um, so, obviously, a, a great workshop. Uh, 75 bucks for CSIF members, 115 for non-members, which uh, actually covers the cost of your <laughs> membership if you want to get one. Yep. Um, so, workshop offers an understanding of how cinematographers use artistry, craft, and technology to author images. Um, so, email production at csif.org uh, to register. So, two uh, really important workshops coming up if you're new to the industry and looking to get involved or, or find your way in. Uh, the first one is the set etiquette and protocol course, which we talk about all the time. The short short version of this is you need this course as well as flag training uh, in order to become a member or a permittee of most of the unions, especially the DGC. So a great starting place on a film set is uh, as a PA, a locations PA. You can't get that job without these workshops. So right. uh, set etiquette and protocol taking place uh, on March 11th at 9 a.m. at the IATSE um, building. There's a link in the show notes. And then another one that, that is a wonderful, you've taken I've taken this, yeah. yeah. The Film Production Assistant Workshop that's happening in Mount Royal. Uh, I don't know if it's a requirement. It's not. It's not. But it's like... It's like how to be better. Yeah, you're going to be head and shoulders above people who haven't taken it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So that one's happening in Mount Royal uh, on also at the same time, is it? Yeah. March 11th, Unfortunately. So pick and choose. Uh, But both are happening. Um, uh, The um, Set Etiquette and Protocol is $40. The production Film Production Assistant Workshop is $129 plus GST. Uh, this is a cool one. The Apple Store in Market Mall is hosting an intro to Final Cut Pro 10. Yeah, very cool. Uh, no admission fee. On Saturday, March 18th from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., M Media has teamed up with Apple as part of their new community events initiative to offer a complimentary workshop designed to get users up to speed on this incredible piece of software. Um, space is limited, so you have to sign up. Please email um, M Media's production director at production at mmedia.ca for registration details. Nice. Uh, so we have. Um, oh, there's another one. Did you say them both? I just said the one. The intro. Oh to yeah. Final Cut Pro. So there's the mobile phone production uh, one as well, which is also M Media and, and Apple Store, um, and this one is all about kind of using your phone to uh, become your own little production studio. So shooting and editing, um, the the tips and tricks on how to get that done and cool and produce something completely on your phone is totally possible. That's about time. Yeah, yeah, yeah really. that's really awesome. So when is that happening? Uh, that one is uh, April 8th from 4 to 6 p.m. Cool. Uh, also at Market Mall Apple Store. And uh, what's shooting right now, Scott? Uh, Fargo is shooting. Really excited about mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor playing mm-hmm. twins. Indeed. Uh, Winona Earp is also shooting. Totes. Also very excited about that. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic show. Yep. But also a movie called Hold the Dark. Yeah. A Netflix movie. Yeah. Uh, directed by Jeremy Saulnier. 
I'm very excited about this. Yeah, one. me too. So this is the director of Blue Ruin mm-hmm. and Green Room, mm-hmm. um, which are excellent movies. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's here in town directing movies. So and I I heard at Story Summit that there's a feature shooting in Edmonton as well. It may be wrapping up. I'm not sure, but uh, but if you've got any details on that, let us know. We'd love to share the news. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, job calls. Um, Wild TV is Canada's number one outdoor lifestyle channel. They are available in over 14 million Canadian homes. Hmm. as well as eight European countries. Uh, and they are hiring a sound designer slash post-production sound. So you will be reporting to the post-production supervisor. Um, yeah, and I mean, you need to do sound posts, basically. You need to identify the kind of sound effects needed. You need to create them. Um, you need to understand the industry post-production process, organize tracks and folders, uh, use proper software. You have access to a large audio network library. You must have your own equipment. Um, and uh, oh, you need to have create excellent listening skills <laughs> <laughs> but i don't think they mean sound listening i think they mean um yeah so to uh, apply for this job if you're interested in the sound post world uh the link is in the show notes but it's on mediajobsearchcanada.com have you ever heard the term predator scott do you know this uh, when it comes to video like a drone no 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 <laughs> i mean i mean like a producer editor shooter oh a predator yeah they call them a predator i don't like that <laughs> no oh, i don't I like it. that you like it <laughs> yeah oh, okay it. sweet uh, well, there's there's an organ- <laughs> I don't like that. It sounds right. weird. All right, Accessible Media Inc. in Edmonton is a non for profit uh, not for profit multimedia organization serving more than five million Canadians who are blind, oh. partially sighted, deaf, or hard of hearing, uh, or mobility impaired or restricted, uh, and they are looking for a predator uh, <laughs> to. They're calling the job videographer, but you got to be able to do it all. You got to right. be able to plan the shoot, shoot it, do the editing. So um, you got to be a Swiss Army knife videographer. So. Uh, that, again, is happening in Edmonton. So you can check out uh, the sh- link in the show notes for more information about that. But it seems like a cool organization to work for. Also looking for excellent l- listening skills. Um, there's a job opportunity in Edmonton, <laughs> actually two opportunities, uh, for a company called Launch Platform. Um, the first role is a video post-production and podcast lead. Hey. Um, they need someone experienced in Premiere and After Effects. Um, and they're also looking for a new media and community engagement lead. Uh, to help with their social media strategy, um, which is also an important tool if you're a filmmaker, by the way. Indeed. Um, so if you're interested in that kind of stuff and you're in Edmonton, you can contact Leighton Haley, uh, and we'll have the link to how to do that in the show notes. Mentioned this last week as well, but the editing practicum at the Banff Center for the Arts uh, is uh, still up. The application deadline is March 15th. That's a cool place, the, bar- the Banff Center for the Arts. I almost said barf. The barf? It's the opposite of barf. It's the most beautiful cool place in the world and a really cool place to do an editing practicum um so you check out the link in the show notes for more information but um it includes uh like a like a stipend and also like a um, uh, subsidy for your accommodation very cool yeah uh okay so what do you got for recommendations oh week? right right we always get here without without planning without this planning this um i have one so you you and i matt we shot sort of a documentary style corporate video um last month which for, for four nights for youth singers. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. So we, yeah. we went to this, um, <coughs> the Youth Singers of Calgary, we went to their uh, their studio for four nights when they, they brought in um, Calgarians and influencers to sing with these uh, these groups of singers in, in sort of a choir setting. Um, and it was, it was an excellent experience. But what I learned from that was if you're shooting doc style, keep the camera rolling. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we, we did just a couple of times because we wanted to, it was mostly about catching the audio, right? Which uh, I mean, if you've got a if you've got a sound mixer, that's one way to go mm-hmm. to catch entire tracks because there was like 
tw like twice, I think. Once I did it and once you did it, where we just left the camera rolling, even though we knew we weren't shooting, mm -hmm. but we were capturing audio that way. And that audio has saved my ass oh, really? in editing this Interesting. thing. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. So. Um, I, I was expecting you to say like, oh, we missed great moments where, where the people were saying something saying awesome. Something. And we, we no, no, not even that. Yeah, and and the thing is you can use even some of that audio when they're saying something awesome right. over, over top of other B-roll. Right. And so we, we, we had this conversation sort of at Story Summit about audio and how uh, if you lose, if you if your video isn't on point, you can always cut to some sort of B-roll. But if your audio is missing, uh, you have nothing. Right. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, that was kind of cool. Or you got to try to find gaps in people speaking to use, you know. Yeah, something else. Or, tone, yeah. yeah, for sure. So, annoying. Yeah. Uh, what was what was I going to recommend? I had it and then it went away. Um Oh yes, I know. Uh, there's uh, there's this thing we've we've just completed called uh, Science AF. Uh, it's a teaser for a, for a web series that we'd like to make. Uh, so I would love it if you would check out the teaser. We're gonna we're gonna share it at some point here from the uh, from the podcast and from all of our uh, networks. We're we're gonna be super annoying about it, I'm sure. But um, We've teamed up with Jason Filiatro. Yeah, the amazing Jason Filiatro. Yeah, and uh, funny, 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 funny. Yeah, funny, so the funny guy. so it improves our chances of actually making this thing if if it, if the views are high. So we'd really appreciate it if you were to watch it. So that's my really how do they find this thing? Plug. That's a good question. I think you can just search on YouTube right now, Science AF, and you'll find it. Like science is fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, it, we'll we'll be sharing it soon. So yeah. if you can just give it a watch, that'd be great. That would be great. Uh, and while you're doing us a favor, you could also uh, rate the the podcast oh, five yeah, stars on that's iTunes. True. That'd be nice. If you haven't yeah. done that yet, that that really helps us stay uh, top in the numbers and uh, helps us find new listeners who we can help with this information. Indeed. Um, thanks to Briar for collecting all these news and tidbits of information that we share with you every every uh, week. It's not an easy thing to do. And for showing us how to win uh, yeah, the yeah. Fantasy Movie League. For kicking our butts. <laughs> uh, and if you, uh, if you think we've missed anything or you'd like to include something in the show on the next episode, let us know. We're always happy to share your news and, and what's going on in your world. Um, and you can reach us. At uh, AB Filmcast yeah. and any sort of social website, you always are the one who says this. So I'm Facebook, sorry, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> <it on> <laughs> uh, or SoundCloud, um, anything.com slash AB Filmcast, or reach out to us at hello at abfilmcast.ca. That's the ticket. Uh, and uh, thank you for listening. And go, go make, make something.